and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Book of the Month podcast. I am, of course, as always, happy to welcome the rest of the crew. We got Nick Evangelista. Hello, hello. Uh, Rachel. Hi. Peter Schaefer. Hello. And Katie Willis. That's me. And uh, we got, I don't know what. Hold on, who are you? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's me, Dan Evanson. Hi, how are you? <laughs> the per- I'm in charge of this. Uh, apparently <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> I, um, I mean, I hope we have a lot to talk about. This This seems like the most fantasy of themes that we could have chosen. It's dragons, everybody. We're talking well, about dragons. Well, Took we us get to- 13 months to get here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get to talk about the spectrum of what it, of, of dragons now. So very specifically, dragons are four-legged creatures with wings on their back. No other definitions of dragons will be accepted. You may be confused and thinking of wyverns or perhaps some sort of lizard person. Only dragons. Uh, I don't yes, know if I my dude's actually a dragon. <laughs> oh, no, my I'm sure. God. I don't, I don't sign up for any of that. I don't know. Is it phrenology? Is that the right word? That is a word. Phrenology. What is, but what I is don't it where you right break word. down, you know, animals into their various taxonomy? Right? Taxonomy. That's yeah. Phrenology is something way different. That's that like, like where people measure the bumps on your head. That's yeah. phrenology. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> that's I don't a know thing. where I. Wait, I don't know where I came up with that. It's a pseudoscience. It has it's, been. It's scientific through. racism. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Apparently, uh, I'm always thinking about it. So sorry. <laughs> I had to learn about it in my neurobiology class. Of course. <laughs> the history of what we used to think and what we've grown beyond. Yeah. <laughs> but dragons, yeah. you guys, uh, there's lots of different kinds that come from all over. There's like, I don't know, is it to every, does every culture, this is something I know nothing about, but does a lot of cultures have dragons in them? That's one yeah. of the notes I have, actually, is is just how universal they sort of are. I'm woefully understudied for this. I didn't. I don't know where well, where are dragons. I mean, there's Chinese I, dragons. There's yes. Western dragons. Are there are there Native American dragons? If you stretch the definition a bit, you know, there's a lot of serpent gods that the Aztecs and the Incans. uh, Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure they. They don't necessarily all. uh, Some of them uh, did breathe fire, but others, you know, they were really more like flying snakes, perhaps dragons. And you might argue that the Chinese dragons were also kind of, in some ways, like a a mix of the two of Western dragons and and uh, like a flying snake or serpents. So there is the Pisa. I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correct. The Pisa bird, which is, according to Wikipedia, is the Native American dragon depicted in one of two murals uh, painted by Native Americans on the bluffs of uh, the Mississippi River. Hmm. Mississippi dragons. Southern dragons. (laughs) (laughs) It's a part of the subgrouping of Thunderbirds. Hmm. So, I mean, it's not that necessarily dragons are like super universal in the sense that they're all the same, but but a lot of cultures have I mean, every culture has like mythical creatures and 
I suppose it's not too far fetched to come up with like a a, a giant, giant lizard, lizard because yeah. they or actually snakes. existed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> giant lizards did that. Is not dragons. I'm not. I'm not it, a dragon truther. It also could be like they fa- accidentally found like a dinosaur head and like what the what the hell made this? I've always wondered if that's sort of one of the ways that it began. I wonder if like fossils were found a lot earlier than we have records of. I don't know. That's what I was maybe thinking. But um, a, a weird thing, like uh, there's like in Western culture, dragons tend to be more evil than in Eastern culture that I've seen. Yeah, because in Eastern, aren't they mostly like super lucky? Well, they're. I think they're usually deities or spiritual entities and therefore possessed of some wisdom and authority. Um, now, again, I'm not an expert or an authority in uh, any region of Asian mythology, um, but I think they have a, a much broader potential meaning than the kind of traditional Western dragon that is a monster. Yeah, I mean, they're in the Zodiac Right in uh, Chinese culture, yeah. Oh, I should, we should put a disclaimer. We don't know anything about cultures. <laughs> no, we're we're, we're woefully uh, uh, inappropriate for uh, discussing this. So I mean, gonna... I actually did take a course on like mythological uh, creatures of Japan while I was studying abroad there. Okay, so you're oh. less woeful. But we didn't talk about dragons. <laughs> you're we talked about again. other things. Um, but I, I think I think Peter, you were hitting the nail right on the head there earlier when you were saying, um, I guess ultimately, what do these dragons represent in that culture, right? Um, in in the case of a lot of Eastern dragons, it is uh, typically like a spirit or something like that. Um, I I mean, I have this thought of what dragons are in Western culture in folktale in myth- mythology or in fantasy even um of what what they sort of represent to these stories like why is the dragon there and it seems that a, a sort of universal thing of most western dragons is that they sort of represent a uh some sort of impossible power something mm-hmm. impossible that you overcome that's ultimately right. what those stories are always about it's about overcoming something that is so daunting that it seems uh, just completely not possible in any way. An unsurmountable obstacle. Yes. Yeah. I was trying to think of another word besides impossible and I couldn't. So I just kept saying it. The, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's another example here, but the earliest one I can think of is the dragon in, in Beowulf. Grendel? Um, no, Grendel is the like ogre or monstrosity that Beowulf slays. And then I, he goes and slays Beowulf, sorry, Grendel's mother. Uh, the yeah. second uh, poem or whatever of, of Beowulf, he, he fights a dragon. Uh, and I think he dies killing it is what I vaguely recall. It's been a while. So pardon my, now I need to look that up. Thanks. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's Angelina Jolie in the movie. <laughs> she murders him. No, Angelina Jolie doesn't murder him. The dragon does. She's uh, Angelina Jolie plays Grendel's mother. Oh, that's right. Well, she's implied to be a dragon, I think, right? Some she is also else. a dragon in Maleficent. Yeah. So Angelina Jolie is a dragon confirmed. Thank you. <laughs> um, Thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> I believe the 
Dragon's just called Dragon in that poem. It's been a while. I read it freshman year of high school. Okay, yeah, you what, what I'm seeing is that is that Beowulf uh, uh, with a little bit of aid slays the dragon but is mortally wounded. Right. Yeah. That's at the that's after he's become king and everything, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh isn't the dragon's uh, in that story like representing the gre- his greed or something? Isn't um, that what most dragons typically represent? Certainly Besides, in Norse mythology, like when you start talking, I think the old, the other one I remember is Fafnir, who yeah. uh, who fights Sigurd, and he's actually like used to be a dwarf, but he like went down in a cave and coveted shiny things, and then became a worm, uh, and they call him a dragon. And he's he's one of he's kind it? of like uh, one of Sigurd's uh, you know trials to overcome. I think there's also a dragon curled around the roots of the world tree in Norse mythology, chewing on the roots. Uh, that, I, I thought that. I thought yeah. that was. I thought that was um, Jormungandr. No, you, no. The world serpent is is circles the world uh, in all the oceans, and uh, where he was cast by, I want to say Thor. I think so. Um, and you know, when Ragnarok comes, he will heave himself out of the oceans, and I want to say he and Thor will die killing each other. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. I think you're right. There's something that's eating the roots of the world tree that like spits acid on it. It's lovely. <laughs> let's see let's look up Yggdrasil mm. but, uh, Yggdrasil I forgot about the dragon Beowulf because I was thinking it was like what's the earliest representation in like uh, dragons in literature and I was thinking Smaug was the first thing that came to mind as one of the oldest representations in like what we would like in the fantasy genre yeah in like modern literature I guess it's one of the but I mean I think that's partially because in a lot of ways Lord of the Rings is one of the definitive texts of modern fantasy. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Nidhogg. It's it's Nidhogg is the one that eats the roots. Yeah. Oh yeah. These are all great video games, by the way. <laughs> Nid, 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 what the roots? <laughs> no, Nidhogg is a great video game. Um, so is God of uh, God of War four. <laughs> <laughs> so. I want to get back to to this idea of, of all the cult- well of all the cultures. It's it's just it's interesting because we're talking about Norse culture here, and and all of these dragons are a little different from each other. I mean, like we like Dan was joking at the beginning. Well, they're not dragons; they're wyverns. But there are a lot of different versions. Mm-hmm. Like a serpent is when you say serpent versus dragon, a very particular image comes to mind. Yep, that's true. I'm below. I think I want to say Tolkien used, um, you know, worm and serpent for Smaug also mm-hmm. as uh, uh, synonyms or. Yes, thank you. That worm was with a Y. Um, in the Tomer series, there is water serpents that are seem to be fundamentally different from the dragons in the world. Um, basically, mainly because they're much more bestial than all the other dragons. So, so at what point do we define a dragon? Like we, like us five people or what? Yeah. You know, it's like when you see it, how do you know it's a dragon? It, it, it's got person. scales. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to our dragons. I mean, yeah, reptilian and, and wings and fire breathing. Sure. Usually dragons are also 
uh, also have some level of intellect. Yeah, the dumb dragons, a la like the Game of Thrones dragons, are like my least favorite type of dragon. You prefer them personified rather than like bestial. Yeah, it's just it's uh, then they become less of characters. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, in Game of Thrones, they're pretty much just tools for Daenerys. Mm. Hmm. Foils for her, like because they're she thinks of them as her children. Right. So, uh, but animals, right? You you're yeah. less excited by dragons when they are animals than when they are characters. Yeah. This will be interesting. I kind of agree we, with that. Yeah. It'll be interesting when we talk about my book. <laughs> <laughs> Which one did you read? Oh, I'm not going to tell you. It's oh. a <laughs> you will eventually tell us. But. You'll know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like my dragons way more intelligent. I think that's, you know, to Nick's earlier point that like when. Um, when you put a dragon in a story, you, 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 that should be like a momentous thing, a very big obstacle to overcome or a larger than life character or or something. You know, it needs to have a riddle or a, a treasure that it protects. You know, like um, if it's just uh, I, I like one of uh, the books that I thought about reviewing, but I didn't because I am. I, I, I'm not. Uh, I don't like reviewing books anymore that I I didn't like very much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I won't even say like what it was, but it, it had a um, a dragon society in it. But it was a really awful society. Like dragons were kind of dicks to the whole world. <laughs> so you know, I just made me realize that like when I get dragons, I like them to be, if not heroic, then at least like serving perhaps some sort of cosmic purpose if they're mm-hmm. sort of amoral yeah. creatures um you know or representing the fantastic in general you know like they are you know last vestiges of a a world that's been forgotten that kind of thing i, I love that kind of stuff in in fantasy i i have seen a lot of dragons as like progenitors um w- whether or not they i, I don't think they generally like created the fantasy races that came later, but just they existed in advance, right? The precursors. Um, and for whatever reason, they've dwindled. Um, something about their inherent natures means they're not inclined to co- cooperate and build. Um, but, but no, I, I agree. I think dragons are much more interesting much more likely to be compelling when they are more than a simple animal because otherwise i mean why not just put in a monster or some kind of other monstrous animal the closest i can think of to a although i'm sure there are many more examples i'm not thinking of one that comes to mind of a of a animalistic dragon is the uh, dragon riders of pern series um which I admit I'm only aware of. I haven't really read, but I think the dragons are kind of like, they're mostly mounts. I think there's some kind of simple empathic connection with their riders, but I don't think they have language. So I read this a lot, not, not a long time ago as one of the oldest people on the podcast, but, uh, you know, maybe 10 years ago. And uh, I, I think I remember that the dragons did have some sort of like, I think you're right, some sort of either empathic connection or it was implied that they were, you know, dog sort of level intelligent where they were 
you know, loyal creatures. There wasn't right. like taming wild animals or anything. I do remember that that was the the sort of psychic connection between Ryder and Dragon mm. was also the most disturbing part of the book <laughs> because <laughs> it feels like one of the primary. And I only read the very first one, and it kind of soured me <laughs> to read the rest of the series oh, because, yeah. well, there's like one of the primary things that happens in the book is like uh like one of the few female characters i think like gets bonded to a dragon and so her dragon and a dude's dragon form a relationship and so oh no the guy who was the writer of the other dragon was essentially mm-hmm. forces himself on the woman but like yeah. it, everyone is like this is okay because their dragons are doing it so wow. yeah and, it's wow. uh yeah i didn't just really want to read anymore after that nope, so, nope, even nope, though nope. the premise was the, of the world was somewhat interesting the people the characters were I, yeah did not so like. i'm going to spoil like a small thing from priory of the orange tree so it just really made me annoyed i really like the book it just this part made me annoyed there's a dragon rider in there she keeps losing her dragon and the dragon stops being a character. She loses it. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing? Let us have a, a, the main problem with that book for me was there's too much politics and less, not enough fantasy. Mm. Yeah. But I'm like, can I have a dragon rider back, please? How do you lose a dragon? Uh, it like gets kidnapped once and then she just oh has to. God. Is it a big <laughs> dragon? Yeah, but it's getting dra- kidnapped. It's a dragon. There's specific dragon hunters. Like half the world oh, hates okay. dragons, half the world likes dragons. It's complicated politics. <laughs> um, Classic like, dragon politics. <laughs> I don't know how you steal a dragon, though. I don't care how many ways you can. Oh my god, no. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but that part annoyed me. That really annoyed me for some reason. I was like. I want my dra- I want a cool dragon rider. I want a cool dragon riding fight scene. Yeah, that's that that would suck if like you're sold on a premise of a book and it's like, oh, here's a cool dragon. We're gonna do stuff, and then like, no, it just gets kidnapped a lot. Like, uh, why why did you damsel this dragon? Like, it's bad enough when you do it to humans. Don't do it to people, or don't do it to cool dragons. Yeah, it's like uh, she had to like go through all this training to even get a dragon, and then she loses it. And then she loses it again. <laughs> the most like a terrible main yeah. character. <laughs> so, you guys have favorite dragons, uh, I guess, since we're like talking about in, dragons. Like I mean, uh, fiction. Yeah, fictional. Your favorite fictional dragon. Uh, hmm. I would say either Tamara or Safira. Uh, so Safira is from Aragon, and yes. where's Tamara from? The Tamara series. Oh, I uh, reviewed that one for the podcast, right? Yes, by Naomi Novik. I don't know, Katie. Do you have a uh, a favorite dragon? Yeah, this whole time I've been thinking about like what books have I read with dragons, and I am strangely lacking. Really? Like, yeah, yeah, like I can't really think of too many. I mean, you know, there's the Smaug, of course. <laughs> um. Aragon, I read the. I yeah, I don't really know. 
Is there dragons in Wheel of Time? <laughs> Just right. Kind of. Spoiler. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if I recall correctly, my friend telling me what the series is about, that's kind of like that's kind of like a big thing. Is yeah, I mean, dragons I'm gonna be honest, life. that's one of the things that actually is left unanswered is that there's a dude called the dragon. He's got a flag with a dragon on it. No society in the world that he enters in knows what a dragon is or what the symbol is or where it came from. And everyone's like, we just call him the dragon and we got this flag. Who knows? It's a big mystery. Yeah, <laughs> I actually or nothing. I thought <laughs> that was super weird when they're like, oh, what is this? It's got, you know, four feet. It's got claws. It's what scaly. is it? It's yeah. a dragon. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They they the main character gets the appellation the Dragon Reborn and uh surprise. I I mean, I yeah, I don't I don't remember the detail that that no one remembers what dragons are, but I I never I didn't finish the entire series, but I never saw actual dragons in the book. So, there are not actual dragons in the book. Okay. Hmm. They're in the whole series. <laughs> That's okay. okay. There's Bella. <laughs> secretly a dragon you're right <gasps> I don't know I have no gumption to start the wheel of time series it would take a lot of gumption uh, I'm, I'm in the- uh, 2022 where we read the whole wheel of time series uh, 2022 where I die before we start oh my. Like, I I'm, in, I'm on book 7 of the Maslin series and that took some effort I, it took me two tries to read the first one <laughs> I love the first one. That's nice. I enjoyed it too the second time. <laughs> it's a lot. It's That's very okay. dark. It's sometimes you gotta be in the right headspace for certain series. Well, I got I got halfway through and then I'd kind of just lost track of what the heck was going on and I found all of the references to things that I didn't understand and weren't explained a little bit overwhelming and I just stopped. Oh yeah. Uh, I had the audiobook, so I was like, yes, I can understand things because I can remember better when you talk at me. Right. That is not how I work. Yeah. But that, that first book in that series has a, a dragon introduced in the last like three or four chapters that, you know, we didn't there know. A dragon? But, but, yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, a there's dragon. an ancient sure, why not? god that shows up and then he turns into a dragon. He has a bunch of dragons. Okay. Technically, he's not a dragon. He's a soul taken. He could take the form of a dragon. Well, there you go. <laughs> there are dragons in this universe, but that, but that's one of the things that like I think Peter's talking about in that book yeah. is the like it's just like this guy shows up and he's incredible and then he's a dragon and like yeah. I remember reading and thinking like wow this is kind of cool but like who is this person and why are they here? <laughs> yeah, no, there's just a lot of stuff that feels like it makes sense internally, but it I have no idea why or how. Uh, I mean, my first read through of the first book, I, I got lost somewhere in the umpteenth description of how someone was traveling down their paths and wielding some unique kind of magic based on their paths uh, oh. or doors or something. And I was like, uh, I still don't get it. I think I'm going to stop. Yeah, it's very the magic system is very weird and complicated for me, but I got attached to the first dude you meet. Uh, Captain Ganaway's parent, and I was like, I love this man. I'm going to follow him forever. Excellent. Well, you do that. (laughs) So, how did dragons reach this sort of cult quintessential status? Like, I mean, we have literally Dungeons and Dragons is one of the biggest things right now. 
and oh. it's half of the title. They're cool. But it's I mean, got to be, be yeah. more than that. Not really. I think it's the same reason that dragons are so culturally prevalent across the globe. Uh, even if, as we say, like, you know, maybe some of the cultural representations that are called dragons are not, may not accurately be termed dragons, you know, internally. Like, anyway, but um, just, the, you know, that, that sort of form of a powerful mythical figure that, that, has some kind of serpentine shape is is all over the place and so i think for the same reason it for whatever reason it occupies some kind of human brain space and so it occupies us as well as for you know dungeons and dragons i'd say it's just a, a dragon is a really quick way to get people to think about fantasy stuff I mean, plus, you know, the guys that made Dungeons and Dragons, they stole right from Tolkien, right? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, Tolkien yeah, is yeah, the yeah. foundation. And, and, and The Hobbit is all about, like, yeah. the march to a dragon's lair. I mean, it's a, I mean, in, at least in my generation, I know most people did not get into Lord of the Rings through the Lord of the Rings. They get through it through The Hobbit, right? The Hobbit was a huge thing yeah. among my generation as, as kids. And then, you know, and, and as we got into high school and stuff, we started picking up the bigger fatter copies of the Lord of the Rings. But um, yeah, I mean that uh, especially if I'm like me personally, the, the Rankin boss animated smile <laughs> is like lives deep in my soul. Like I love that thing. It is, no, it, is <laughs> it is in a, in a show that like is sort of silly in a lot of ways and, and adventurous, but like that, that dragon right, was actually, you know, scary to me as a kid uh even even when the like goblins are singing ridiculous songs and everything like that that uh that show really stuck with me i i couldn't watch that animated movie because it felt it was just too uh it, it just was it, it contrasted so terribly with my internal image that i think i caught it on tv once and turned it off as fast as i could because it seems <laughs> so it was like contaminating my mental imagery. Uh, I, I that happened to me. Like that is my mental imagery of the Hobbit at this point. So you're, I'm sorry. I got, I got to say, as much as it's easy to kind of the Hobbit movies from Peter Jackson. Oh, um, they're terrible. Yeah, as much as it's easy to shit on them, right? Oh, I will. I, I will. I'm, something... Hold on, I'm warming up my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something very telling about the fact that the. Um, he didn't end the first movie with the slaying of Smog. That's how big of a deal Smog is, right? I, 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 it's one of the worst decisions in those movies. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I don't disagree with that from like a narrative standpoint. It made no sense. Right? No, I mean, uh, oh my God, so bad, those movies. Um, uh, I just think it's really telling to sort of the whole first movie is really just about introducing this dragon and getting up to it uh the second movie really falls apart when they just kill him right away the, the, kind of, the, like in the middle yeah it's weird it gets really weird yeah, but, i mean also you're clearly i mean like you're messing up clearly they screwed up the movies so badly that you're misremembering when things happen maybe I, no no i mean they you are but it's not your fault it's because they screwed up they they, the, Can you they, say it again like Robin Williams really quick? Say what now? 
It's not your fault. It's not your fault. No, they okay. they they kill Smaug in the movies in the like first 20, 30 minutes of the third movie. Wait, what? Mm. Is that right? No, it's yeah, no, cur- nope. No, they fight him at the end of the second movie or for the like last half of the second movie. And then he flies off into the night at the end of the second movie. Uh, clearly, I mean, if you know the story on it's on his way to burn Lake down Lake town, but he doesn't do that until the third movie. It's awful. The pacing is the worst. Those movies are terrible. I thought that Bard was just, um, uh, Orlando Bloom, not I know, Ed right? He's, he's, he's dark Orlando Bloom. <laughs> Holy crap, you're right. I just fact checked you. Uh huh. <laughs> I, I just remembered those movies. Yeah, wow. And it's not, not your fault. The movies there's that, are that huge, bad. long storyline of Bard that they added in there, right? Where there's like they the, did, yeah, a weird, creepy mayor that he's got. To yep. Play. I'm not gonna lie. I think Peter Jackson has more flops than successes. I know that's a really hot take, but uh, is it hot? Well, some people would say so. Some people are really uh, passionate about uh, Mr. Peter Jackson and his four-hour King Kong film. Well, I like his first name. Uh, <laughs> so, I like the first Hobbit movie. I fell asleep mostly. I don't, I don't remember anything <laughs> about the second. This. Hold on, oh. I have to go get him something. <laughs> don't remember anything about the third movie and the second movie. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll, we'll cut her audio at this point. Okay. And then uh, the third movie is just one long battle sequence. That's all I remember of the third movie. It's all yeah. so dumb. I guess, that's, I, guess I can't trust my own, my own memory it's stupid, anymore. It's bad and it's yeah, shitty. You know, I, I think I saw the third one um, as the triple feature. Oh, wow. Oh, God. Why would oh. you do that to yourself? And so I that it might also be playing into why I'm misremembering because it was That's just fair. one long day. That's fair. <laughs> uh, see, uh, there's a reason why I won't watch the Lord of the Rings series is because they're too long. I can't sit three hours for a movie. Do it on a plane to New Zealand. You have nothing else I to almost, do. I almost I tried to watch it on a plane to Australia and I couldn't. I was stopped within the first ten minutes. I what can't you should you. watch is the uh, Lindsay Ellis uh, YouTube essays about the making of the hobbit which are just fantastic there's like that four is parts. they're great I've, I've actually seen some of those recently which is why i'm this accurate about the, the, the movie <laughs> he does and they are they are quite things. good jackson yeah. does i think he's unnecessary and over the top with the stuff he does but he goes for it i mean uh, i mean if i mean if you if you watch if you look into the making of the hobbit movies i mean Jackson may be uh, not fully to blame for the Hobbit films. Um, I'm just, you know, I, I don't know if you guys know this, you probably do, but like, uh, not to get into too much of a tangent about Peter Jackson, but like uh, in Hobbiton, he actually had like a person walk the path from the Hobbit hole to the clothes hanger, the clothesline outside, uh, like, every single day for like over a month to create a natural path in the dirt <laughs> rather than just using a shovel. So, <laughs> so like yeah. that level of detail is like maniacal. He's an insane person. Sorry. I like it though. I like that. Like I, you wanna, can appreciate it, but yeah. I, I would like to cut nip this Peter Jackson 
um, a tangent on the butt by saying he was going to be a director for the Tamara books that I I haven't seen. So, well, I don't know what happened to those. No, they'll be out in uh, 20 years. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, so, Nick, what's your favorite dragon? Favorite dragon, Nick? Oh, man, I don't... Uh... I don't know if I have like a favorite dragon, really. I don't think I've really read too many books with dragons as a character or as a fully developed character. All right. I guess, yeah, I guess Nick, I like Nick what they represent. a swing and a miss. Peter, what's your favorite dragon? I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I don't I don't know. Like if you look at like the most probably the most classic one that comes to mind is the Hobbit. I mean, you know, Smaug is a classic dragon in every sense of the word and and well known. It's not going to be a, a terribly, uh, you know, controversial statement. Um, on the other hand, one of my favorite books featuring dragons is the the series that I'm bringing to the to the table today. So. Well, Which I'm I'll, afraid I'll, you guys have all been wrong. There is only one true answer for the best dragon and it's uh it's uh all the dragons from the movie flight of dragons another rankin bass cartoon special no. fantastic movie yep flight Man. of dragon that's where we learn cool stuff like dragons can fly because, because they, they fill up with gas yeah they eat limestone and they fill up with horrible flammable gas is that also the one with the, fire, the logic magician uh, yes, there is a where a point where a guy outlogics a magician and saves the world. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm just like going to out all the the terrible inconsistencies of magic in I'm the just, fantasy yeah. world. Nope. You just, nope. You're wrong, though. Fantastic. Love it. I'm just going to tell you no. Sorry. <laughs> I think I'm look it up. <laughs> I think I had was the only one that had a true answer to this. My answer is true. I'm being serious. <laughs> you, but you're wrong. Five dragons is great. It's a good book too. <laughs> I like my, I like when my dragons are people. I really yeah. I don't like angry lizard people things. Dan, no, stop. Dan. How about Parthenax? Does that count? Who? Sure, why not? Parthenax <laughs> okay. is a dragon from Skyrim, the fifth Elder Scrolls. <laughs> oh, it's actually oh. a wyvern. He's a wyvern. <laughs> um, no, he's a fucking dragon. <laughs> Apparently, the coolest dragon in video games is the dragon from Dragon's Dogma. Say what? That now? dragon's fucking awesome. What? Nobody's played Dragon's Dogma. Nope. Except for me. My, nope. Grayson, my friend Grayson has. And Dude. He... <laughs> oh, so good. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> he has All a really right. cool end speech. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, now that no one has picked their favorite dragon, let's <laughs> review some books, I guess. I oh, I'm sorry. Dragon. You're right. Yes, Rachel, Rachel gets the gold star. The, rest the best of, of all of us. Your your prize uh, for being the best, Rachel, is to review your book first. How about that? <laughs> no, I hated my book. Pick someone who liked their book first. <laughs> okay, well, I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> it's Flight like of Dragons, the novelization <laughs> of the film. <laughs> I don't want to start. The, I don't want to start the reviews on a downer note. Well, better than ending on a down note. Yeah. Uh, the book. Sorry, what were you saying, Rachel? You just put it in the middle because no one remembers the middle bit. <laughs> All right, Dan, do the thing. All right. The book I chose was Dragon's Bane, uh, book one of the Winterland series by Barbara Hambly. Uh, 
I was pointed out to this book uh, by Brandon Sanderson uh, because he always touts this book as the book that kind of got him into fantasy as a kid. Um, so I immediately uh, sought it out after I read like everything he had ever written. <laughs> um, and it's great. Uh, it's about a, uh, a group of people trying to save a, a kingdom that is just the worst and um they you know so it's got a great mix of like the fantasy elements and the supernatural elements there's wizards and witches and um at the same time there's this very intricate kind of political scene going on and in the backdrop to all of it is a an immense black dragon who's kind of terrorizing the land uh so the story follows a guy uh named uh gareth and he's uh, sort of brought along by a, a prince of the land, and and is brought to the to the king to sort of slay this dragon because Gareth is the only person in recent history who's ever managed to kill a dragon. And dragons, like we talked about, are in in this book are these sort of immensely powerful, terrifying animals, but. Um, because they can't really like communicate necessarily to normal humans, but Gareth and um, uh, sorry, I'm blanking on her name. Uh, Josie. No, there's a lady. Um, Averson, I think. Frida. No, Jenny. Her name is Jenny. So he has, he has, he has, uh, <laughs> is it Jenny? Uh, <laughs> I should have read this way better before. Um, Janine. Emily. Yeah, sorry. Jenny Waynest uh, is his sort of, uh, what, do, what do you call it when you don't Apprentice. marry someone, but like you've lived with oh. them so long that they become your wife? Common like, law. There you go. So it's like his <laughs> common law wife of this dragon slayer, but she is like sort of this preeminent witch in the north, in the in the winterlands, and uh, she's uh, goes south with with gareth to help him kill this dragon and it's her relationship with the dragon that actually is the best part of the book uh, i think because as a, a kind of very powerful magic wielder she's able to communicate with the dragon uh, essentially like telepathically and so throughout the book she her her sections are often just her sort of like conversing with this voice in her head which is this dragon that's just hanging out trying to do its dragon thing. Uh, and these humans are kind of running around with all their political machinations and just pissing it off all the time. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's really great because Jenny as a character, um, especially for like, I, I have been, people have suggested to me so many old books and I read them like Dragon Riders of Pern, where that we discussed already and how I really bounced hard off of it. Mm-hmm. But this is, um, you know, this book, I think, is from uh, 87. Yeah, so um, old, not as old as Dragon Riders of Pern in his work, but back in that sort of time period. And I feel like finally there was one that uh, just was a really excellent book and holds up over time. And um, I, I was super, super glad to have read it. And the dragon in it is also pretty great. Like terrifyingly destructive but also you know representative of 
a kind of natural force in the world. Just all the good stuff that we talked about dragons, it's in this book. So that is Dragon's Bane by Barbara Hambly. And I can't uh, suggest it strongly enough. Okay. I guess I wanna, I want to read that. <laughs> it sounds cool. Um, yeah, I like it. I guess <laughs> I'll go next. Yeah, down us all. Yeah. <laughs> Make us I read, sad. Uh, Chasing Embers by uh, James Bennett. I was super bored while reading this book. I was just super bored. And I had to, it was literally like the hour before we were supposed to podcast the last, last time um, I was finishing it. Because I was like, I don't want to finish this book. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, basically, the main character is uh, Red Ben Garrison, and he is... Hello? uniform and lives on in human um with humans it's an urban fantasy and um he's the he's chosen to be the representative of his kind while all the other dragons are asleep because he is the most boring of the dragons oh, that, <laughs> and the that least makes likely for a great to character. attack humans <laughs> and and his way of thinking is so annoying. Like he calls his ex girlfriend constantly a damsel. It's so annoying, mm. and that oh, relationship is really creepy because you see it through his perspective, and he's really obsessing about her. Ew. Is it supposed to be creepy and obsessive? I, it's supposed to be creepy, but I was not feeling it. I was just like, nah. <laughs> Gross. Kind of a little bit like uh, the magicians, where it's that like here are awful people that I guess some people get enjoyment about reading about awful people doing awful things. See, I like antiheroes sometimes, or like people who are just people. But I would like to have I would like to not be bored while reading it. <laughs> that's that's a, a reasonable desire. Like I know. Um, there's some really bad people like uh in the f- Mark Lawrence's first book the protagonist is his like actually evil sometimes and I was I'm kind of excited to read that series because the world is fun but and not just our world yeah and it's just like and he's just obsessively following this girl it's really creepy yeah I don't like that <laughs> yeah nope Okay, thank you. You know, Anyways, Dan, what you were describing earlier about reading uh, or reading the dragons just, of Pern writers? No, 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 just just awful people watching awful people or reading about awful people doing awful things. Yeah, that just sounds like Nico. <laughs> that just sounds like his taste in everything. He yeah. just watches reality TV and like he loves uncut gems, which makes me terribly uncomfortable because I hate every character in it. Oh, I've heard good things. I haven't. It's a good movie. I can I can objectively say it's a good movie, while at the same time saying it made me incredibly uncomfortable. Absolutely, you can do that. That's yeah. how I feel about the magicians. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, I, I I love the book, The Magicians. Um, it, but we can talk about that separately. Yeah, in the magician podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, I'm just gonna end this. 
You're just going to end there. I'm just going to end this and saying this book yeah. was not for me. I was really bored. I didn't like the protagonist. He was, yeah. I'm not going to pick up the sequel. It's not the worst, but it's not the worst book I have ever uh, read. Oh, well, you know, I've, I've read some books that would make it really hard for any book that I picked up to be the worst book I ever read. <laughs> I like progression fantasy and there's some stinkers in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, Peter, raise our spirits and tell us about your favorite. Oh, so I'm going to tell you about Calling on Dragons, um, which is the first of a four-book series by Patricia C. Reed. That's Reed, W-R-E-D-E. Um, and it is just fantastic. It's young adult or possibly, you could possibly call it middle grade. I don't know exactly where it officially falls. Um but I, I love this. I've read it as a kid and I've reread it multiple times and I've read it to kids. It's just fantastic. Um, so it follows the princess Simmerine who uh, does not want to, who, who hates being squeezed into the princess uh, stereotype that her parents don't, they don't, her parents don't know anything else to do with her right she she gets the master at arms to teach her fencing until her parents find out she gets the court sorcerer to teach her a little bit of magic until her parents find out she tries to she learns how to do some cooking until her parents she likes basically she keeps trying to learn anything that isn't embroidery and dancing and uh etiquette um and and gets away with it because she's the princess until she can't anymore. Um, and so the author keeps playing with fairy tale. Um, what's the word? Uh, just like uh, tropes, I suppose, stereotypes. Um, subverting those tropes. Yes, yeah, subverting expectations. Yeah, it's it's it is all about those expectations and and doing something else. Um, my, if I remember correctly, she does the the typical frog prince kind of thing, where she helps a frog, um, like g- gives it a little golden ball, or no, well, hmm. I think she helps a frog, and the frog's like, <laughs> the frog basically gives her advice on on how to go find a different life because that's what she says she wants. And so she packs some stuff, heads out of the castle, um, uh, you know, heads for a couple day journey, he- walks into a little uh, like kind of like a magic hut or something like that. Um, and ends up in a dragon's cave somewhere um, with a bunch of dragons who are arguing about something. And, one of them immediately wants to eat her, um, but she is in the, dra- the the cave of the dragon Kazul, and Kazul is much more reasonable and says, no, uh, this is my cave, I'll decide. And Simmerine uh, volunteers to be the dragon's princess, because dragons kidnapping princesses and having them around to do housework is a classic uh, <laughs> You know, it's very traditional, and so the other dragons will accept that. And Kazul is like, I don't really want a dragon or want a princess. It's a very outdated thing. And Simmerine's like, Don't worry about it. You know what? I I really like 
being useful a lot more than whatever I was doing before. So she ends up, I mean, I'm, she ends up uh, organizing the dragon's treasure hoard, learning how to read ancient languages so she can, you know, fix, you know, fix the library, as well as basically becoming like the the full on master, not master of ceremonies. What's the other word? Like aide de camp um, or the right hand person for this dragon, um, and in the process uncovers a conspiracy to uh to fix uh fix the next contest to determine who's going to be the king of dragons uh and and puts a stop to it um it is uh it is consistently uh subverting those tropes like there's there's the prince who is supposed to be her uh betrothed who keeps coming to try to rescue her. Uh, there are other knights who keep coming to try to rescue her yeah. until she she keeps trying different things to get them to stay away, like putting up signs saying, I don't want to be rescued or carefully explaining to them when they show up that, no, thanks, I'm quite happy here, please leave. Um, and I think finally she hits on the answer with um, putting up a sign just saying, the road is out ahead. And so everyone... Like the knights are like, oh crap! Well, I can't can't go that way. <laughs> I guess I'll turn around. Um, so they just the author has a great time with it. One of my favorite bits, um, and there are a lot of good bits. Um, one of my favorite bits is Kazul is is uh, being considered for the next position of King of Dragons, um, and. And Simmerine at some point says to Kazul, but you know, you're you're a woman dragon. Wouldn't wouldn't you be the queen of dragons? And the uh and Kazul says, Oh gosh, no, that's Queen of Dragons is a terribly boring job. Nobody has wanted it for the last three hundred years. <laughs> um I know, I would definitely be the king. Queen of no, and ugh. and I just I love I love the idea that that and you know anybody can be the king of dragons it's that's the job um the real like divorce of of performance expectations from gender was was uh, is great um and especially for a book this old um i don't know i just i i really i really liked it and i have for decades now do you have any questions no but i'll probably want to read it later <laughs> No, I'm but sure. I have to go get my baby some fucking water because but not that water. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, not that water. That water is <laughs> shitty water, Katie. How dare you give that to your child? Preserve um, waters to fight the aliens. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You have to put water everywhere to fight to fight the, <laughs> the oh god, that movie. Um I gotta say, I'm getting serious deja vu. I feel like did we discuss this book? I have like, talked about air? these before, but they yeah. were not like it was not my book of the of the of the month. It was like it just came up. OK, OK. Yeah. Because I remember you talking about the the her reorganizing. Yeah. Uh, the bookshelves so, and stuff. And yeah. So to our dear and devoted fans, I'm sorry if I'm being repetitive. Um, no, no. Or, I just I was having like cra- I, I almost thought like I had a vision and I already heard all of this like 
in a past you know life. What? You know what? I like that interpretation better. I've never <laughs> talked about this book before, but uh, but Nick <laughs> is a prophet. It's okay. I keep bringing up the same books or the same authors over and over again. I still, I I still like the Nick is a prophet uh, interpretation better. Um, uh, oh, man. By the way, are we all aware of the like the subtle distinctions between uh, prophecy as a noun and prophesy as a verb? Isn't to prophesy? Wait, Dan, you're a geek robot. Dan's a robot. Yeah, he's a robot for me. Oh, I was just. Yeah. It just I just find it interesting that, you know, that it's a subtle pronunciation difference between the noun and the verb and that you change the C in prophecy to an S in prophesy. Mm. This Never is, knew I, that was a thing. This is not, you know, a lexical podcast, so we should probably cut this part. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like I like words. So anyway, um, uh, there are three books that follow on in the series. The next one... Uh, the, this, I'm, I'm not going to talk about it for much more than another second, but the second one uh, introduces Mendenbar, um, who is the the king of the enchanted forest, which is kind of like the place where all the fairy tale stuff like is focused. Like it's it happens. All these stereotypes are from all over the world, but this is like a place where magic is intensely focused, and um, and he was it Kazul, the king of dragons. I'm sorry, spoiler, um, uh, get, disappears and he has to uh, partner with Cimmerine to figure out why and prevent a war. Um, and it's, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, um, uh, that is Calling on Dragons, the first book in the series by Patricia C. Reed. That's W-R-E-D-E. Uh, and she's great. Nice. All right. Any volunteers go next? Nick or Katie? I guess Nick, I guess by, by virtue of elimination, you okay. are. Like what? Oh, I didn't know what? you were, you were there. You were gone, but <laughs> I'm here. Well, would you like to go next? Cause not only is Dan always thinking about racism. I can, also I can only hear men actually. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. Oh, hold I didn't on know. a minute there, young man. Let me tell <laughs> oh you a Katie. thing. Katie, I've never heard you before. My ears are so confused. <laughs> and subtly erect. I prefer the name <laughs> Carl. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? what? Oh, don't do that to me, Peter. Oh I'm sorry, God. Katie. Please oh reveal us with your, with your dragon book. Okay. Um, so I read Of Cinder and Bone by Kyoko M. Um, so it's an urban fantasy in like an alternate world, obviously. It's not like we have dragons. Okay. So hopefully it's better than my urban fantasy. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. So Doctors Rhett, nicknamed Jack Jackson. <laughs> And Dr. Kamala and Jolly, they're doctors at MIT, and they are undergoing a project of bringing back to life an extinct species, dragons. Because so, dragons, what? So Jurassic Park. 
Yes, actually. Jurassic Dragons. <laughs> Dragonic Park. Yes. Because dragons and dinosaurs in this place uh, existed simultaneously. But when the dinosaurs all went extinct, the dragons didn't. They somehow managed to survive and they lived until like the 15th century when humans eradicated them because, you know, oh, dragon's bad. So that is, is true. That's what happened. <laughs> so um, these two doctors are working on, you know, genetically engineering and bringing them back. And they're so close to success. And then when they actually do figure out how to get the eggs and they get them from a Komodo dragon and then they like splice the DNA in. Um, that never goes poorly. It yeah. never goes poorly until their project is sabotaged and their eggs are poisoned. Oh. Um, but one does survive because they miss the injection. And so they nickname it Pete. Like Pete's no. dragon. Oh, wow. no. <laughs> a, and, a, a classic film that will never go out of style. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to our they other immediately like sell a it. child to celebrate. <laughs> yes. Child murder. I bought him for $50. Let's and talk about child murder. Let's talk. Okay. Why? Are you <laughs> killing your child? We'll this see. It's a, a great we'll rewrite see. of that song. <laughs> Listen to our uh, Pete's Dragon um, teardown in Nostalgia Plus. Yep. <laughs> uh, so their dragon, Pete, uh, gets stolen. And <laughs> we're back full circle. Yeah, we are back full circle. <laughs> so apparently urban fantasies involving dragons always involve stolen and kidnapped dragons. Okay, admittedly the one I was talking about that was in that was in a fully fantasy world. Oh, okay. This this is not. <laughs> Cuz then they so they start, you know, MIT, Massachusetts, and then they fly off to Japan because they have word that the Yakuza are trying to use their dragon for nefarious things. So, so the then Japanese stole their dragon? Yep. Okay. Yep. So now they're in a battle between two rival Yakuza clans and so they have to enlist the help of Mizaki who is a bodyguard and a former fling of Jacks. Oh no. So, okay, this is actually a reread for me. And so it's good enough to reread. Yes, but here's the catch. It was a Kindle book. And I hate those. Oh. So, <laughs> so it was really hard to read it the second time. Also really hard to read the second time because now I'm like more of an adult than before. And Somewhat. I then like three years ago when I first read it. Sorry. Uh, and then it read more like a romance novel now because like, ooh, Jack and Kamala have these super intense, you know, totally not obvious that they're going to end up banging feelings for each Do other. Smolder? Oh, my goodness. They they start things on fire. Are there bodices? N no. Does anyone Wait. rip a bodice? Wait, Peter, what did you say before that? Do they they're smoldering? smoldering. Oh, I thought you were saying 
like something else. Scully and Molder. Oh no! Some sort of portmanteau. Do they smolder? It it read way more like a romance novel this time around, and because you know they have the the ex love Mizuki Mizaki words, and the new. I can't tell her I love her, but everybody knows. And then there's the the roommate that of uh, Kamala's that you know is she she likes men a lot. Jack looked deep into the dragon's cat like eyes. Okay, there's no dragon His heart banging. Beat harder and harder, and that's he a realized. different genre. Okay, yeah. Yes, uh, ja- Peter Tingle, everybody. That's the dark side of the Kindle ebook service that we don't like to go to. Uh, Kindle After Dark. Uh, Chuck Tingle is a treasure. So, Katie, (laughs) did it did it feel like the the book sort of lost track of its dragon in lieu of all these personal relationships? Yeah, they lost track of it, like you know, physically too, (laughs) because it wasn't really like a major part of the, you know. it was, but it wasn't. Was it? Would you call it a MacGuffin? Kind of, yes. At f- for like the first half, I would say, until spoilers, they find <gasps> the dragon. Oh, and then it's less because it actually does things and happily ever afters and stuff. But there's a little bit of extra drama at the end to gear up for book two. And there's also a third. <laughs> no they, drama are there. Are they also fun? Uh, I read the second one like years ago when I read the first, but I was waiting for the third one to come out. And I have it. I pre-ordered it back in the day. Um, but I haven't actually gotten to it. I see. But I will eventually. I believe you. <laughs> That's right. okay. What was the... What was the name and author of this one? Of Cinder and Bone by Kyoko M. The next one is of ashes and somethings. And the third one is something else of and of. <laughs> Hold on. Let, let me look. I see up. where your tweet has come out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Let me do a Google because my Kindle is slow. Hey, question. Can anyone hear the rain? No. No. Okay. I mean, you know, like, yes, in general, when the rain is happening near me, but yeah, not right giant, now. A giant thunder- looping. <laughs> There's a giant ass thunderstorm outside my window. Mm, ass thunderstorm. Gross. Okay. So the first one is of cinder and bone. The second one is of blood and ashes. And the third one is. Of dawn and embers. Okay. It sounds uh, smoky. You know, yes. I, I don't mind the title thing where they, you know, keep the titles similar like that. But after a while, it's like they all just kind of blend together, huh? Uh, yeah. Have you ever seen Will White's uh, bibliography? I think we talked word? about this a few few podcasts ago, actually. He's got one like of sea and shadow, and then in a different series of shadow and sea. And it's like what? Oh. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, there's, 
So <laughs> the reason for that is because they're the same book tell, told from different um, characters' perspectives going through uh, how they go th- uh, through t- going through time. Okay, I will accept it then. But yeah, as an outsider, like not. looking at it, I just yeah, it's two trilogies. Uh, but there's two trilogies told in the same universe, told by different two different main characters. Man, that is confusing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Nick. It's because he's the author of un- of the Cradle series, and that series is <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> no, I'll check it out. I'll check yeah. them out. I haven't read, uh, I haven't read that series, but I know the premise behind it. <laughs> all right, I, I feel kind of bad going last because I feel like it's gonna like just go out with a whimper. <laughs> hey, should have fought for your position as second to last. Then <laughs> I'll talk yeah, more about calling on dragons. So you see, there's this one part where you know. <laughs> I'll talk about dragons I like, as like Safira and Tamer. Guys, I was a coward. Was and a then coward. the dragon looked deep into my eyes. Oh, good lord. Exactly. <laughs> How are you a coward? Yes, I, 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 didn't, about it, Nick. I didn't fight. Um, <laughs> I read a book by George R. R. Martin. Oh, no. Uh, oh, did you? I read uh, The Ice Dragon from 1980. It's one of his oh, earlier. Oh, shit. Uh, and admittedly, I'm just going to put this out there right now so nobody oh, yeah. can attack me. You put I it was, out there. I was on a bit of a time crunch. <laughs> Which is half the reason I chose this book. It's 112 pages, 47 minutes on audiobook. It's a real breeze. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna put it out there. So you're lazy. Is that why we? I'm trying time? to buy a house right now, man. Give me a break. I'll give you a <laughs> so break. Take my wife, please. Wait a second. <laughs> Does anybody have a Kit Kat? What? Stop it. Sorry, that was terrible. Sorry. So, The Ice Dragon is uh, obviously before Song of Ice and Fire. It does not take place in the universe. Um, but <laughs> how, how is it before A Song of Ice and Fire? It does I, mean, I mean, he physically wrote it before he wrote A Song <laughs> of Ice and Fire. Mm. And it, it, it's not in the same universe, uh, but you can definitely see a lot of inspiration there. But this is actually, mm. uh, I think it's a kid's story f- officially. Is yeah, I think he originally wrote it and then they did some more work to it and made it a little more kid friendly. But I believe it was always meant to be a kid's story. Um, so it's it so featured- a little bit less incest and child murder. Oh, there's like none of that stuff at all. No, no. Child murder. (laughs) There's definitely war and there's definitely uh, some of the horrors of war depicted in it. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's it's generally not it's not inappropriate, really. No, there aren't even any any, like swears, honestly. Well, fuck. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh... (laughs) Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's hilarious. The little kid just in the back. All right. So, um, so the story follows a seven-year-old girl named Adara, um, and it describes her as being born in the coldest of winters during the coldest storm, and her mother died giving birth to her. And they say that the cold crept in, even though there was a fire. And her mother was in a bed under a bunch of blankets. The cold crept in and killed her. And even when Adara was born, she was uh, born blue and cold. And 
as she got older, they say she never grew any less cold in the figurative sense. She uh, never cried as a child. She never cried. She never smiled. She uh, she wasn't bad. She's not evil or anything, but she just was never had any warmth to her. And they even describe one time when she steps on a nail and it goes clean through her foot and she doesn't cry out. She just walks to her father, uh, leaving a trail of blood in the snow. And she says, at five years old, father, I've hurt myself. Oh, God, that's kind of creepy. Yeah. It kind of just reminds me of like the Ice Queen types um, from Hans um, Anderson. Yeah. Well, so so it continues on. Um, it, it goes through various summers and winters, and she talks about how everyone's happy during the summer, but she's never happy during the summer. And then when the winter rolls around, it's like she's in her element and everyone else is sad. Her father never holds her or hugs her, except for in the winter when he holds her really close and just sobs into her, basically, because I think it reminds him of his wife dying. Um, and. It's like it gets really sad. Um, She also describes how in the winter she goes out and she builds like snow castles and she does it with her bare hands and it doesn't freeze her. They describe these creatures that are ice lizards um, that if a normal person holds them, the lizards will actually die from the warmth of your hand. And she can hold them, though, because she has no warmth in her, literally. And it sort of becomes kind of like Daenerys and uh, Game of Thrones, how she has this inexplicable ability to just survive when fire. Mm-hmm. It's, okay. it's sort of it is sort of like that. It's it's um, pretty interesting. And. In the winter, she is visited by the ice dragon. And everyone is afraid of dragons. This is a society of dragon riders, so the militaries actually like have, you know, branches of dragon riders who have a dragon that they fly out with and they fight. Uh, but ice dragons are sort of um, not unheard of, but they say they're untamable and unkillable and all this. But as she is uh, seven years old, she's visited by this ice dragon who seems to like know her and understand her. And she uh, is able to ride it and uh, befriend it. And she, when she talks to it, it never talks back. We never get too much of an indication of what the dragon's thinking too often, but we get an idea that it understands her. You know, and um, the story continues on where war is coming towards her home. Uh, Dragon riders from a opposing military are coming and her uncle, who is a dragon rider for their military, is trying to convince her father to leave and uh, flee for their lives and the father refuses eventually the war comes to them and he says uh he says i will not leave my land but take my daughter and or take my my children with you away from here so they're safe and adara doesn't want to go because she's afraid that if she leaves the dragon won't be able to find her next winter so she runs away and even though it's the summer the ice dragon comes for her and just like those ice lizards described earlier, she realizes that this dragon is, um, it's the longer it's in the sun, the it, it will die eventually. And she goes up to it and she gets on the dragon and she begs it to take her away. 
And as she's flying away, she hears her father sobbing out for her. And suddenly, something sort of clicks in her. Suddenly, her hands are beginning to be too warm and melt the dragon. And she begins feeling something in her heart for her father. And she begs the dragon to take her back. And she flies back and the dragon, uh, well, she, she, she gets down with her family. And then the dragon continues and fights some of the other dragons that are attacking. And uh, at this point, so she sort of becomes warm again, fi- literally and figuratively. She's crying with her father and it's like the first time she's expressed love in her whole life. And they go inside and they hide. And the next day, all they find are the dead dragons that were attacking. And there's no sign of the ice dragon, but there is a, a pond in their behind their house that was never there before oh it's a very short very and like very sweet endearing story it's actually better than all of game of thrones in 47 minutes (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a really it's a really (laughs) sweet story actually and uh i i just I, i you know something about like you know, I was saying before that I haven't really read a lot where Dragon has a very strong personality. And in this story, it, 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 you can tell it's intelligent. You can tell it has a personality and thoughts. I mean, when she begs the dragon to take her back, it, at first, uh, in the book, it's described that it's like upset. It's like it doesn't want to take her back. It, it wants her to stay with it forever. You know, it's created a bond with this girl. I, I did sort of do the spark notes of it, so there is more time to build that relationship between them. They know each other for years, and every winter she visits it kind of thing. Um, but we still don't ever really see the dragon's point of view, even though it's, it's very intelligent in that way. And I don't know, though. I, I, I found it really endearing. I really liked it. It's a quick read, too, so if you got some time, I recommend That's it. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. Well, thank you very much, Nick. That I think that actually was a good a good place for our our podcast to to wrap up on. Let me tell you more about Patricia C. Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll be brought up at, an, at another point in time during one of the other podcasts. But see, there's this <laughs> witch, though. <laughs> the witch. Anyways, let's well, uh, Dan, sing us out. I will do so uh, gladly. So thank you for joining us. Uh, this has been uh, Fantasy Book of the Month podcast. I have been Dan Evanson. You can find my stuff at danielevinson.com. I'm also at SinisterInfin on Twitter. I've been joined by uh, Katie Willis. That's me again. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at ShimmyBook, where I complain about things or bake cookies too big. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing. Uh, also with me is uh, Peter Schaefer. Hello, I'm Peter Schaefer. You can find me on Twitter at Shoeless Pete, where I... What do I do there? You make weird posts about an alternate reality, or our I do reality. that. Yes, yeah, secret a, history. Mm, uh, yes, weird uh, historical factoids with a supernatural twist. Uh, or you can visit me at pashafer.com or shoelesspetegames.com. But uh, nowhere else. Yeah, also with us is Rachel. 
Hi, I am Rachel. You can find me at uh, Twitter or Instagram at Argent Rabe, where I post my monthly books that I read and sometimes just weird things that I think of, like, when does uh, history stop and life sciences begin? Because I have that general question and I don't know the answer. So if you have the answer, <laughs> tell Rachel on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And our representative from Too Many Thoughts Media.com, Nick Evangelisa. Our political uh, hey. officer. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram uh, at Tacky Slacks. And uh, you're going to hear this probably about two months too late, but we have a Discord server now. Uh, Woo! Yeah. Discord. I mean, it's too. You're going to be too late. Is like, will the Discord server be gone? Yeah, no. It only has one month before. <laughs> oh man! Then yeah, don't even just don't even start talking about it. Yeah. No, but, come yell at us, suggest things, and read our minds somehow. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll put a link to it somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. There's a link on the website um, on the sidebar there, and there's also it should be pinned on Twitter and Facebook. So if you check it out there, if if you have a Discord and you want to just uh, be able to yell at us live. Uh, in person and tag us directly and hold us responsible for our actions. We might you respond. Know? You might oh. be banned. I gotta be honest, I've been iffy on making a Discord for this thing for a while because I was like, eh, nobody's gonna go on it. It's actually been fairly active, more than I thought it would be. Yeah. It helps it's not just for us. It's the entire yeah. Too Many Thoughts Media family. Well, no, but I'm just saying even for that, I didn't think there would be enough people. So oh, yeah. I am pleasantly surprised with the turnout, so been fun enough with your pessimism nick (laughs) (laughs) we'll just keep proving his pessimism wrong with all our uplifting stories yeah sorry for mine was such a downer i was just so annoyed with my book (laughs) yeah that happens to the best of us by that i mean me with the book hounded that i hated so yeah uh i hated it less than you (laughs) yeah you were lucky then yeah um thanks listening And goodbye, question mark. Keep reading. Keep reading.